Hey, everyone. Welcome to Locked on Lakers for Monday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Andy, the season starts today. Training camp opens for the Lakers. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Lockdown Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcasts. It's always free. It's never going to be uh, behind a paywall. Lockdown Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show, watch the magic happen, and more importantly, hang out with almost 21,000 subscribers to the channel, all of whom are leaving comments on the page, talking to us, talking to each other. Um, and uh, we, we always try to use the... Um, the feedback that we're getting, the questions, the comments, all of that, we try to wrap that into the show. want to let everybody know that today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code, the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase using the code. Um, Andy, <laughs> it starts. Like, it's it. Our, our long seasonal nightmare is over. The season is beginning. Well, you mean the, the training camp. The off-seasonal nightmare is yes. finally over, and the season has begun. The season itself, I... I meant the summer, the season summer, the off-season. Right, it's, well, it's very important that the season is not the seasonal nightmare. That means we yeah. are in for a long-ass slog, which I don't think is going to be the case. Certainly was not the mood coming out Thursday when Rob Palinka and Darvin Ham met with the media. You could tell that there is a lot of optimism with this team. You can tell there's a lot of confidence with this team. And as we discussed on Friday's show, one of the reasons that you could tell that internally in the building in El Segundo, they feel very good about what lies ahead because they didn't bother trying that hard to sell you on it because I think really you look at the roster, it sells itself. The This team is really good. Are they the best team in the NBA? Uh, probably. I mean, not on paper, not early in the season, not with some of the remaining question marks that they have. And you know, we're going to talk about you know, did the balance of power go back east with the um, you know the the Damian Lillard trade to Milwaukee, and then over the weekend, um, Drew Holiday also goes back east to the Celtics, uh, which is both good news and bad news for the Lakers and Lakers fans. Um, and which we'll, we'll get into the, the holiday trade um, before the show's over. But like they are clearly one of the two or three teams most likely to get out of the Western Conference. I think it's um, it's the Lakers, it's Denver, it's Phoenix, if things go the way at least Phoenix is planning. Um, I think those are the three teams that I would look at and not – in any particular order, I'd have Denver at the front, but like those are the teams that I think have the best shot of getting out of the conference. Um, if you're in that group, Andy, that little handful of groups of teams and in, in either conference that you can say, okay, that's a like a real finals pick, you are starting the season off in a great place. Yeah, you're also starting off the season really well, as was clarified during that session with Palinka and Ham that. Unless something has changed in the last 72 hours, 96 hours that they spoke, everyone is expected to be at training camp healthy, 
ready to go. There are no restrictions on anybody. There's nothing that is being nursed or dealt with, which should not be taken for granted because we've been hearing news over just like the last 48 hours of Draymond Green having an ankle sprain that could keep him out for three, six weeks. Daniel Gafford, I believe, hurt an fell elbow. Hurt his elbow playing, yeah. you know, fell down playing which, pickup. I, I may be wrong about this, and I apologize if I am, but I think Gafford's had elbow, is, elbow issues in the past as well. Like, you know, th- this this stuff can happen. You know, Kobe, his heading into his rookie season, started late because he broke his wrist playing in what I have to assume was an unsanctioned Venice Beach pickup game. But we want guys playing. We, you know, they're going to be playing anyway. So why not have them go down to Venice Beach and play there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what could possibly? What go could wrong? go wrong? Um, and this also matters because the Lakers have been derailed by health. A few, you know, basically the LeBron era which includes you know the the sections with Anthony Davis and a championship and a western conference finals appearance health has been something they have needed to overcome basically every season other than the one that they won a championship yes. sometimes they were successful sometimes they weren't but either way it was either something that they were directly dealing with or even heading into seasons like when they were looking to defend the 2020 championship you're concerned about you know, the bubble tax on LeBron and AD and all of the holdovers. And it was a big reason that they did not look to run it back. Was they were worried about that stuff. And, you know, this was – Rob Palinka talked about how this was the first time in a long time where Anthony Davis spent an offseason really working out, really training, really strengthening, mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to do stuff that is either recuperation or preventative. Like, this was a we are go, go, go. And I think they're excited about it. I don't blame them. I um, I look at this, and, you know, like our our, our friends at, at FanDuel Sportsbook have the Lakers. They are fifth um, in terms of the odds. You know, three, you know, Celtics and, and the Nuggets, uh, the Celtics and the Bucks lead the way, uh, the Suns and the Nuggets right there. And then you're getting to that Lakers, Golden State, Cleveland group. And I think, I think with the Lakers, the, the thing that holds people back, is going to be LeBron James is pushing 40. He's in season 21. Like I he's obviously going to be asked about that today at Media Day and talk about it and and, and I like the thing that I I they're not going to give you a straight answer about this, but like the the balance for the Lakers. I would not pick them to win the Western Conference. I wouldn't necessarily pick them to finish second in the conference, but um like what is that balance going to be? Understanding that you have a guy who is still elite, and even if he's not LeBron from Cleveland, LeBron from Miami, he is still elite in the I NBA. would argue he's not still LeBron from the championship season in L.A. Sure, but that he's still really good. Yes, he is. If you can keep him healthy, and if you can you know, put him in a position to maximize what is available in the playoffs, like that, he is still not a guy um, that teams relish facing um you you're a lot less comfortable against lebron at 40 than you are at james harden uh you know james harden at you know whatever age he is I, no I, I i would actually contend that most teams want to face james yes. harden in the playoffs <laughs> you know so i mean like you know not all stars here are created equal no. but then you know and you have anthony davis who needs to stay healthy and need but 
you just you look at the roster and you you know we're going to talk about Rui Hachimura and and Austin Reeves and in the you know some of the things that I'm sure will be brought up today as well based on what Rob Palinka and, and Darvin Ham were saying on Thursday in their press conference. Like there just aren't that many question marks. I think people feel like Austin Reeves, like we, we he's a really good NBA player. Like could still get better, but um you know, he nobody I don't think anybody thinks that's a fluke anymore or, you know, or waiting for the bottom to drop out of that. And, you know, you have D'Angelo Russell and you have Gabe Vincent. And so you just they have a lot of known quantities. And if I were a coach, it's exactly what I want, where you don't have 15 wild cards in your rotation. Um, so look, look. Let's let's talk a little bit more about this. A little bit more of what we're expecting as training camp opens. We'll get into that trade, uh, and obviously, again, Rui Hachimura, who had got a lot of of time in that press conference on Thursday last week, um, and playing a big role to say the least with the Lakers this year. We'll get to all of it next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Game Time. And years ago, some friends of mine and I, we went to go see LL Cool J at the old, no longer with us, House of Blues in LA, really last minute. We didn't know how to get tickets. So we ended up buying some from a guy outside the House of Blues. And it turns out that he was a scalper. They were fake tickets. We ended up through some kind of random happenstance, serendipity, able to get into this concert. But I vowed after that, never again. I'm not going to deal with that type of experience again. And buying tickets for your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. And that's why I love game time. It's the fast, easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy shows, and theater near you. And with killer deals on last-minute tickets, best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun. I love how they offer the image of seat views. They got the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection. And the game time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row or less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. That is confidence. That is the reason they are the fastest growing ticketing app in the country. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, the tickets go directly to your phone, and then you're set. You're good to go. So snag the tickets without the stress using Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked on NBA for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, Create an account, redeem the code locked on NBA for 20 bucks off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So on Friday's show, uh, after after the uh the Damian Lillard trade, and he was sent to Milwaukee, uh, we both pointed out that from a Lakers perspective, the the next step in that trade was arguably more going to be more important than the first because, you know, Portland trading Lillard, you know, to Milwaukee, you know, obviously what Phoenix did impacts the Lakers because what Phoenix does impacts the Lakers, but Drew, I just don't think Phoenix got any better. (laughs) So that's helpful. Right. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I understood what they were doing. I just don't have a bead on like what kind of player Nurkic is right now and how that gets used. I, I think suspect they that I have a bead. I they they improved themselves in some ways, and I think you know didn't in others. But we'll see. Um, but the big piece from a Lakers perspective that could have turned a qu- more questionable team into a surefire contender 
good health notwithstanding, was if Drew Holiday ended up with the Clippers. That was a real live possibility, uh, a very big destination that Holiday would have been perfectly happy with. Um, he was on their short list by every report. Um, he is he's from he's LA for people who don't guy went to Campbell Hall, um, UCLA. So natural fit there. Uh, we learned over the weekend that that did not happen. Drew Holiday ends up in Boston. So on the one hand, Andy, Lakers fans were excited because he didn't go to the Clippers, which I'm I know people don't like to give the Clippers any shine or any credit or any legitimacy. You add Drew Holiday to that team, it's like, okay, that's a real thing now. Holiday, Kawhi. And and Paul George, that is a thing, um, but it's not going to not going to happen. Instead, he's going to uh, Boston to team up with uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Kristaps Porzingis in what, at least from one through about seven, is a very good team. Um, nobody likes when the Celtics get better either, Andy. But overall, if I had to choose between the Celtics getting better and the Clippers getting materially better, I will let the Celtics get better. Yeah, I mean, I, I will extend that to any team that could be a contender in the West. Mm-hmm. I would rather these Celtics get better than that team because if that ends up really affecting the Lakers at all, it means the Lakers got to the finals. Right. And if the Lakers get to the finals, you know, they are by definition going to be playing a team that's really good. <laughs> like, you know, right. I mean, there's, it is, you know, I'm not saying there haven't been lopsided uh finals appearances finals matchups you know we are some of us at least are old enough to remember lakers v nets 2002 or for that matter spurs v nets 2004 lakers v sixers games two through five sure but at least you know at least that team had Allen iverson that you always have to worry about getting uncorked you know and and that team was pretty good they just happened to be playing Kobe and Shaq at like their apex sure. together, like probably their best season together. Those two, it's, so. it, right? It's just it, it's more. It's less. It's less. It's more like if the Lakers are going to lose in the finals, let's just say it has to happen or whatever. Fans want them. Would rather they lose to the Bucks than lose to the Celtics. Sure. They'd rather than lose to the Sixers than lose. I mean, it's the this, Celtics piece of this. That right, like, but I mean, this is not a yeah. choose your own adventure book. No, like, you, you know, right. there's, but. I would you can't rather, lose. You can't lose to the Celtics in the finals if you don't get to the finals. Right. And the more good teams there are in the West, the harder it is to get yes. to the finals. Uh, they they moved uh, Robert Williams to mm-hmm. uh, as part of that deal. So Robert Williams now goes to Portland, giving Portland very. By the way, two very good young centers in Aiton and and uh, and Williams to to kind of build around. Yeah, and they also moved Malcolm Brogdon to the Blazers and. It is not expected necessarily that the Blazers will move Brogdon with the same speed that they moved Holiday, but Brogdon doesn't really make a ton of sense on the Blazers. So it no, he's going to get traded at some point, right? There's just part of it is there's not the demand for Malcolm Brogdon as there would be for for Drew Holiday. But I will say, like that's the net look. Brogdon is going to be attached to the Clippers. So like. Clippers, Clippers almost Clippers traded for him last offseason. The Clippers, right. The Clippers could still get better by acquiring Malcolm Brogdon, but I and I Brogdon's a very good player. I like him a lot um when he's healthy, which is spotty, but he's not as good as Drew Holiday. He is not a difference maker on the level of Drew Holiday. And so if the Clippers were to acquire him 
in a team-friendly deal or something like that, you know, kudos, it makes them better, but it doesn't make them Drew Holiday better. No, I don't think I don't think it makes the Clippers material materially better in a way that frightens me. It's just that he's a tear down. Like I, I, I think I like Brogdon more, maybe more than you do. But you do. Either way, it, it, you know, Drew Holiday is definitionally an All Star caliber player, as evidenced by having made All Star teams. Um, you know, Brogdon's not that guy, and so it's, it is, you know, it's just not the same deal. And so, uh, kudos to the Blazers, by the way, for continuing to just sort of turn this Lillard thing into added value and now they have multiple picks and you know they got a lot they got a lot for yeah. Drew Holiday like look and by the way more than they were ever going to get for trading Tyler Hero uh Miami look, fans Miami fans can be salty if they want they can be delusional they can tell themselves what they want to hear the reality is even if this grew so acrimonious between the Blazers front office and the Heat front office that Joe Cronin, who runs the Blazers front office, eventually felt like, I don't want to deal with them because I don't want to deal with them. I don't want to give them the satisfaction of having won this thing, you know, having successfully helped Dame force his way to Miami. Like, this became all spite, all petty, fine. Doesn't change the fact that what they ended up getting doing this three-way deal with Phoenix and Milwaukee then the subsequent deal with Boston flipping Holiday, and, and what they they're going to get something for Brogdon. This is in all likelihood better than what they were going to get in everything we ever heard as a possibility with Miami. Even if, because I've heard some Miami people say this, the same three-way deal could have been there involving the Suns and DeAndre Ayton. Right, Let's because they couldn't trade. They wouldn't have gotten the same value for Tyler Hero as they got for Holiday. That's so the point. That's it's, the point. Bottom line here: the Lakers. Uh, nobody joins the, this group. Uh, what I I consider to be this top group uh, in the in the West. You know, right behind it is it is just going to be brutal. Right behind them, you have Golden State, and you have a healthy Clippers team. You have I. I people are forgetting about Sacramento. I think people are. Um, I don't know if discounting is the right word. People are, are unsure of the Memphis Grizzlies based on what's going on with Ja and all that stuff and, and how they left the playoffs last year. Um, but like when you start talking about maybe the Kings or the Clippers or um, you know, the teams Thunder. like that is sure, as like the sixth or seventh or eighth best teams in a conference, you're dealing with a good conference. And I actually think the Blazers may not be that bad for that long. So uh, good for them. Uh, let's let's get back to uh, the Lakers and Rui and Reeves because they were a big part of the conversation on uh, Thursday with Rob Polinka and Darvin Ham. They will be a big part of the conversation today um, at Media Day. So uh, all that next. So I don't love when I'm always a little wary, I should say, when um, sort of evoking Kobe, I try to do that very carefully and not make it cheap and not make it clicky and all that kind of stuff. And we, I know we're both we try to be careful with that. Um, I don't think Rob Palenka trades on that either. Um, I think the Lakers rightly use Kobe as a sort of guidepost 
for the type of excellence that they are wanting, the type of player and commitment that they are wanting, and all of that. And so when Rob Palenka talks about Austin Reeves using the the terminology, you know, he says he has the the Mamba gene. Um I prefer to call it the Kobe gene. Um, but either way, um, that is incredibly high praise. And he is not at all blowing smoke here because I think it is 100% true um, that that comparison. I think Kobe absolutely would have loved Austin Reeves. Yeah. And just to clarify a little bit what Rob Palinka means by this, just so people don't misunderstand. Palinka is not in, inferring, implying in any way that Austin Reeves is going to be as great oh, as God, Kobe. No. no, but I just want to make sure that it is not a comparison to Kobe in terms of ceiling or capability or anything right. like that. That would be ridiculous. And I want to make sure people understand that. What he's talking about is Reeves in terms of competitiveness mm -hmm. because he is a super, super competitive guy. Like that is something that you hear from a lot of people within the organization. And for those, I guess, who just started following the Lakers yesterday, Kobe was a straight up psychopath when it came really to competitive, was. like self-admitted, like Kobe would admit his competitiveness was frankly not always healthy. Oh, no, like, not, not all, often, often right. unhealthy. Yeah. I mean, again, broadly, Kobe's generally words. unhealthy. Yes. Kobe's words, not ours, even though I don't disagree with him. Um, he's talking about the competitiveness, Palinka, when it comes to Austin Reeves, but also to something that I think Kobe really would have appreciated is Reeves's desire to absolutely max out his talent, yes. to max out every single ounce of talent that he has in basketball, like the type of teammates, because for people unaware, you and I covered the last 10 years of Kobe's career and we were around the team a lot. And one of the things that you noticed in terms of teammates that Kobe really liked beyond just the star level players that it's obvious they're really, really good. So Kobe enjoys playing with them. But when it came to like role players, that Kobe really, really liked. They were the ones that were really serious, really professional, but also maxed themselves out. Like one of his all-time favorite teammates from the time we were around Kobe was Josh Powell. Mm -hmm. And for fans who don't remember Powell, he was like an 11th or 12th man in the 2009-2010 championship teams. Did not play particularly often, but he worked his ass off was really serious and left it all on the court every single time he stepped out there and Josh Powell never shortchanged himself or the team Kobe loved him like yeah. he loved he Josh really Powell. did because I mean in part maybe Kobe uh, yeah we, we talk a lot like athletes and the tricks they play with themselves um, Kobe's one of Kobe's was sort of trying to convince himself that he wasn't that talented, that it really was hard, all work, all whatever. And I, and, and I get why, you know, he was really combining that incredible drive with the incredible God given talent. Um, but 
you know, so I think he he Kobe tried. could have slept walk through his career and been pretty good. <laughs> he I was really good. talented. Right. But you know, I wasn't that good an athlete. <laughs> oh, you weren't. <laughs> Freaking break. But you know, I you just won a I, dunk contest, my man. <laughs> right. We're all <laughs> <the> athletic. <laughs> but it's like I I when I we actually still didn't really, it's like when when we were doing this stuff with uh Reeves from that podcast with Zach Lowe. The part that I, that I was like, that is so Kobe, was when he seemed genuinely offended and really pushed back on Zach Lowe at the idea that Steph Curry is the best golfer in the NBA. Like he went, I mean, like he's like, no, like there's no politeness to it. There's no like, aw shucks, deferential. Like, really, do we need to have an argument about this? Like, no, I am the best golfer in the NBA. I don't know if he is or he isn't, but I just the fact that it bothered him that he somebody else. I was like. Oh my God, that's so Kobe. Like when I thought that was my initial reaction to that part of the Austin interview. Reeves takes his golf very seriously. Very, very seriously. Um, and so it was just, it was, I, I thought it was cool to hear that, that praise from, from Palinka, who, again, they use Kobe as a, as sort of a, 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 a standard. Uh, I think it's the right way to put it for the organization. In all of those ways, both in terms of winning, but also commitment, um, maxing out your talent, intelligence in terms of thinking about the game. That's another thing, you know, all that stuff. Um, the other guy that got just tremendous amounts of praise was Rui Hachimura for, you know, both how he played when he came over. Uh, Polinka said that, you know, they really felt that that Hachimura had kind of a renaissance um, after his arrival. And they believe that the player they saw, particularly the player they saw in the playoffs, is the guy that they're going to get going forward. Um, and they've particularly made note, Andy, of the amount of, of effort he's taking to absorb everything he possibly can from LeBron James, which I take as a very good sign. Well, it's a continuation of what, by all accounts, Rue is doing from the moment he arrived. He has basically attached himself to LeBron. He's been in LeBron's ear. He's been asking a lot of questions. Um, his nickname now, uh, Rui's nickname now that LeBron gave him is his understudy because he's just been around him so much and trying to learn everything that LeBron's doing. It's like if you're an understudy in a play and you're watching the guy who actually plays the role, but you know that like three nights out of this six-month run, you're going to be doing the role instead of the right. other study. You, you want to be ready. Um, as far as the renaissance part of this, before we get into the idea of Rui continuing the on-court play, you know, I, I neither one of us knows Rui at all, like in terms of who he is as nope. a person. But I can't help but think he was dealing with what were, to the best of my knowledge, undisclosed personal issues while he was with the Wizards for a while. And I have no idea, honestly, I have no idea what they are. I've never even heard anybody say off the record what they think they were. So the reason I bring this up is I have no idea how much, if at all, they were connected to anything involving the Wizards or the team mm -hmm. or any sense of alienation he felt within the building, whatever. Like, I truly have no idea but I do think it stands to reason that somebody who was dealing with whatever personal issues for that long in a season could benefit from like a total reset somewhere. Like you just need to be in a different atmosphere entirely, even if it's not the Wizards 
fault or anything organizationally they were doing wrong. You know, I mean, they're often a very chaotic organization, but I just want to make it clear. Like, I think it, it it's felt like he needed a really fresh start because he was very excited to be here. And when he joined this team, it's important to remember they weren't very good. <laughs> they were they were struggling a lot when he joined, but he was really happy, and he has seemed like a very happy guy since he's been a Laker. Oh. Role players are are defined often by context. Mm -hmm. If you can change the context for a role player, you can completely flip the the way that that guy plays and whatever. It is, you know, stars, you obviously you still want to tailor your, your game plans and maximize what they're good at, hide their weaknesses, all that kind of stuff. The, the further you get away from star, the more weaknesses there are that are easy, you know, in the, 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 the fewer elite level talents that you have to be able to kind of paper over those things or whatever, where you can just kind of, you don't have to come up with a game plan for LeBron. LeBron can do anything. So you just roll the ball out there and LeBron, you can adjust, you can run your game plan however you want. Because LeBron, LeBron often can, creates his own game plan while he's out there. He can, he can, he can do whatever it is you need to do to get the rest of the team. Like LeBron is capable of that. <laughs> like he's fine. Yeah. He can do it. But the, the, the way, the reason that teams like San Antonio, um, that you know the, the Boston, you know the Lakers when they're successful and all these you know, when they're all of these you know really good successful NBA franchises are at their best. One of the things that they consistently do is they maximize the stuff that role players are good at and 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 hide and minimize asking them to do what they're not. And you know, like I, I did not spend tremendous amounts of time because I am not a masochist watching the Washington Wizards play basketball. There's not, I got, I got way too many things to do and life is too short, but you know, you, you can't always take, you know, the, the con the, the performance that a player had in one spot and airlift it to another because Rui next to LeBron James with Anthony Davis behind him and a little more shooting in a different context and a better culture and all these other things and more stability. It's just different. And guys are going to behave differently. And if the Lakers can construct something around him that really plays to his strengths, they're going to get something good. And it's not dependent on 40-something percent three-point shooting like Rui in the playoffs. Like He can still slide back to 33, 34, 35, 36 and be a, a really effective player. He just won't be the three-point shooter, I think. that, But that's okay. There's a lot more to what Hachimura can bring to the team. And I, the, the thing that, because I know people have been mad at me for not being just 100% sold on everything. The part that I am 100% sold with Rui with the Lakers is contextually, I think he's a great fit and that the Lakers will continue to play to that um, with this year's team. Yeah. That part I'm I'm all there on. Yeah, I mean it, it matters that you know the Wizards when they first drafted him, he was ninth overall. They were trying to make him into, if not a star, somebody that was star adjacent because that's what you do with when a top draft. ten pick. Yeah, absolutely. And the Lakers don't need that from Rui, and not at all. That can allow you to play him more to whatever his strengths have ended up emerging as as a player. 
I also think too, like the three point percentage you mentioned, obviously you want it to be higher than say 30%, which it was in the regular season with the Lakers. But the thing that I'm really concerned about is does he maintain the mid range numbers? Because yeah. if he can maintain those numbers, 16, 18, 20 foot jumpers, I think a lot of it works out. Yeah, put the ball fine. on the floor, get to the basket, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. That's that yep. they they've got shooting on this team. Like yep. hopefully yep. it will work out. Like there's just there's more to it than just three point shooting. But if you are counting on that three point shooting, that's the part that I got to wait and see. I don't think that's that really crazy a thought. Uh, media day is today. Andy and I will be there. Uh, Tuesday show will wrap all this stuff up. Well, you know, I would imagine a a couple shows worth of stuff will come out of media day practices are beginning and and it's just we're we're back it is the it is the season the real season locked on lakers on youtube is where you can go to see the show hang out uh, be part of the conversation please continue sending us your questions and comments we will keep using them on the show uh and we will see everybody on tuesday